This is a Geek Bro Podcast. What's up, besties? This is episode 56 of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, and I am still the second part of that title. I hope you're staying safe and well. Just a couple of things before we get the show started. If you're in the Miami area, I'm going to be performing on Wednesday, November 11th at the Miami Improv for the OG Comedy Show. It's going to be a really fun show. Cisco Duran, who's been on Comedy Central and so many other things, is going to be headlining. So come spend your Veterans Day with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. This week's episode is Christy Cello. Christy is a hilarious and very talented New York-based comedian and actress who's toured with Nicole Byer. You might have seen her on Comedy Central. You might have seen her on Chris Gethard Presents. There's so many things that Christy is up to, and it's so well-deserved because she's so great at what she does. On this episode, we talked about religious upbringings as well as her obsession with boy bands and so many other silly things along the way. I really think that you guys are going to love this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Christy Cello. Because it like saves casting people money on like renting office space, this might be like the future of auditioning. Right. And so I'm like, oh, wow, I better really, I think for a while I was like, ah, like, I didn't whatever it, but I was just like, I didn't want to have to invest in the the circle light and a backdrop. Like, I didn't want to have to yeah. do all that. But now I'm like, maybe I, I should. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, it makes it a little bit easier as well as an actor because yeah. you can just do the self-tape and it's so much easier to just get it out of your head as opposed to like, I drove there, I saw these people, I had a weird moment and now they might hate <laughs> me. You know, like all this kind of stuff that you you just don't have to experience anymore. So in a way, it's kind of beneficial for everyone, but they're super awkward and, you know... And not only that, like you have to like you have to like act beside like your mom reading the the script or whatever, and she doesn't know how to read because she speaks Spanish, and you know like maybe this is just me, but I <laughs> but, but she's just like you know with her freaking Cuban accent throughout the entire thing, and then and then they're like actually we don't like the guy that's in front of the camera who's the person reading, and you're just like you know. <laughs> Not again, you know, not again. Not again, yeah, I've lost so many, I I lost my role in crashing with Pete Holmes to my mom, like, no. Can you imagine, that's my biggest nightmare, is like somebody (laughs) that they're just interested in whoever is reading, like that person's more interesting than what they're looking at. Oh man. God. But I think you're right. I think that's a good attitude to have. Like, it does have its benefits. So yeah. I have to just adjust and get with the times or I'll be on the outside looking in, you know? Yeah. It, and I love that I can talk to you about this, but like there, there is a lot of light in this darkness uh, as well. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, did, did you grow up in a Christian home or something? Or I did, but it wasn't as Christian as... I think people would think like I'm more Christian than my family is. So we kind of went through the steps of like, let's get our first communion. Let's get our confirmation. But we only went to church on Christmas. We were those kinds, those kinds. Yeah, Uh, just people. are, Are you as well? 
I am a Christian. Okay. I mean, you know, you know how it is. You don't like calling yourself one, you know, because it's just like because everybody thinks it's the Westboro Baptist Church. And you're like, no, yes. like I'm completely cool with gay people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, right. you know, do whatever you want to do as long as you're not hurting yourself or me. Like, that's totally yeah. fine. But yeah, it's um, that's like the only explanation that I can have for like why I see the benefit of the doubt so much. (laughs) You know, that's nice. There was like something that, yeah, I had, I don't, I don't know why I thought you were, I don't think we talked about it. No, but I think it was just that. Yeah. I can totally get that from from you. Just, you know, the glass is half full type, but I'm not always like that, but I really, it's a practice. Like I really try to be. Yeah. The thing about me, especially, is like what I radiate to people, at least I would think, is like, well, he's either gay or a Christian, (laughs) so, or both. It's one of the two, but there's no, (laughs) like, there's no way that he can be like that. How does a comic go up there and talk about Full House for 10 minutes? Like, you know. And like, and be happy about it, you know? <laughs> it's really refreshing. You yeah. know, I, I like, I like it a lot. I think yeah. that it took me, I don't know if, if you're the same. It took me a long time to kind of settle into myself and feel comfortable being a happy comedian. Sure. I think that was hard at first. I don't know about you, but I, even at open mics or at anything. And I just, I think for a long time, I just... I was more like an actress playing the part of a comic. Like I sure. think you're you're in that scene and it's pretty self-deprecating and it's pretty even when even when comics get stuff, it's like, oh, this fucking thing I'm doing, or like, oh, who right. cares? Like, and I never had that. So it mm-hmm. took me a while to kind of, I don't know, I guess just embrace this part of myself as opposed to fighting it all the time. Right. Yeah. That's so, it's so true. I mean, I, I definitely relate to that whole aspect of like, cause I'm an actor as well. And yeah. I would actually call myself an actor by trade before I call myself anything. Would else. you? Yeah. I, I would, so, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I would call myself an actor first and then, maybe a comedian and then a singer songwriter, you know, and all that stuff. I just, I try to do everything, you know, everybody's cool. I want to, I mean, I know that this is your podcast and maybe not the time to talk about it, but we can talk about whatever you want in the future. (laughs) Hear more about like the acting and the singing. Like I, I just want to learn more. I think it's so cool that you are doing so much. You're such a well-rounded you have consummate no, performer. The thing is, and you know this, but in especially in the entertainment business, you have to find ways to just not only get in the door, but stay in. So it's just like, okay, yeah, I, I got that. this opportunity. Maybe you might not need an actor, but you might need music for this and I can do that. Or you might need, you know, a warm up comic or whatever. Like who who knows? You know? Right. And not only that, like I get really bored really easy. And so my thing is like when I'm done with comedy, I'm like, all right, I feel like I should be a sad boy now. I'm going to write music. And like, and then I start writing music. Music is one of those things where like it start, you know, it's, it's a weird industry. It's a difficult industry. It's probably the most difficult industry. Really? I would think because... Well, comedy is like one of those things that I learned really quickly because I've only been doing this for six years. I haven't been doing this for a long time. 
And right. that's like um, a decent chunk though. It's like enough yeah. where you know, you know what you're doing, you know the scene, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so and I started in Los Angeles. I'm in Miami now with my family, but I, I started okay. in Los Angeles. And the thing about stand-up is when you do a room, Bill Burr is there. And like Dave Chappelle is there. There's no untouchable people in stand-up. And I play piano rock. That's like my genre. Billy Joel is untouchable for me. Like I can't do the same club as Billy Joel. Like I can, but nobody's going to care that I'm there. You know what I mean? That's so interesting. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's got to be, it is, it does feel very different, the two. And you're right. Like it is wild that, these big name comics are in the spaces that we're in. Right. You know, it doesn't feel, I mean, there is an element of like, Oh my God, they're so untouchable, but it's, I mean, that Billy Joel comparison is pretty crazy. You know, it puts it in perspective. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and, and again, going back to what I was saying, the pandemic, the good thing about this pandemic is that it's leveled everyone. So we're all in the same place. You're feeling exactly how I'm feeling to some degree because yeah. you're going you're going through the same thing. You might be in a different point in your life. There might be different aspects, but all in all, we're going through the same thing right now. And that's a really great thing. To me, it gives me the perspective to be like, you know what? Why don't I do this podcast on Zoom? And if I can talk to anyone on Zoom, there isn't this like that person's too ungettable or that person is too famous or that person is this. And I could never do that. And that's not to discredit anyone because their, their credits are still there. They're still as famous. They're still whatever. But at the same time, it allows you to realize that we're all people. Yeah. That's so well said. I agree. For me personally, there was, I mean, this pandemic, it's brutal and the way it's being handled is, has been awful. And yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make light of that by any, uh, in any way at all, but it is interesting how I think professionally for me, I kind of welcomed a little break or like a little timeout. It really, mm-hmm. a lot, I think that for, sometimes we just get in the habit where we just feel like I have to be so busy and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I think what this has allowed me to do even though it was this terrible thing, I guess in a weird way was thankful that I had to just stop and really look at what I was doing and like assess, like ask myself, like, is this working? Is this not? Do I even enjoy doing this? What do I want to do? Like I have all this time to sort of think and, and just, you know, sometimes, yeah, I think what I was doing wasn't necessarily lining up with what I wanted to do. So it was, it was good for a reflection, I guess, as well for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely understand and and get that. I've gone through the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, Just trying to, you know, just trying to figure out who you are, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the freaking <laughs> Michael w, the, the Michael W. Smith song, the, uh, your place in this world. Yes. <laughs> it's so, yes. Yeah, that reference is for three people, but whatever. <laughs> I like, love it. Those three people are going insane right yeah, now. Yeah. Two of them are on this podcast, but, um, <laughs> 
but uh, the other one's Michael W. Smith. He listens every week. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm so excited to talk to you, by the way. Oh, I'm that's so, so kind. I yeah. appreciate that. I really yeah. do. You're awesome. You're my you're my fave. You're like, I don't know how else to describe it. I just I've been so excited to just get to know you more and and get to know how you started and all that kind of stuff. You're an awesome person and I really enjoy who you are as a comedian and and everything. So tell me more about you and yeah, just tell me where you grew up. Let's talk about childhood. Awesome. First of all, thank you. That's not lost on me. And I, you know, I just appreciate that uh, a lot. Um, I grew up in Rhode Island. Okay. And I, I, my family's still there. I feel a lot of people, if you're from there, you stay there. It's kind of like one of those places but I moved to New York City when I was 19 and okay. I've been here ever since. Really? Holy cow. Mm-hmm. And so what kind of kid would you say that you were growing up? Like who did uh, you sit with at the lunch table, that kind of thing? I was very popular. Yeah? Yeah. That's it, like, like I, <laughs> <laughs> I a lot of comics that have like, oh, I was such a misfit. And that's like how I developed. Like humor was my escape from this that's- like stark. I love was, it. Now, I was when I was really, really little. I was pretty shy. I was very shy. Okay. And then in grade school, so I was still young. Yeah. I just really came out and I wanted to be an actress. And I was this very theatrical and and you know, middle school, high school, I was very, I was very popular. But I do, you know, I would <laughs> also very modest. I was really modest. Uh, <laughs> still am. I, I was not. I was nice though. So I, w- I wasn't a mean girl. Like okay. I, I had a lot of friends, but I did drama. But I also dated like the really cute guy, and and like so we were kind of like an it couple. So I. I was friends with the mean girls, but I wasn't really a mean girl. I was also, I also had my drama friends and my kind of weird, you know, I was in sort of every group. So I really was nice. I tried to be nice to everybody. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's weird. I, I, I was kind of a misfit in, in that I was popular, but I wasn't popular, if that makes any sense. What do you mean? Like, like, how could you be popular, but also not? Well, and what's really funny is if I described this to people, they would be like, oh, so you were popular then, you know, but, (laughs) but I didn't think I was popular, you know, because I was the same way as you were like, I was in all of the, uh, I was in all the plays. I, you know, whenever I had a moment to tell a joke on stage and improvise and say something that was off color or off kilter, I would do it. But at the same time, I was like, not someone who, I don't don't know, like, like, I didn't, I wasn't like super social, if that makes any sense. Like, I was very like, like, people knew who I was, everyone knew my name. I went to a, like a relatively small school. It was a private Christian oh, school. Okay. Okay. And um, my class was only a hundred kids. It wasn't a lot of people. Oh, that's small. Yeah. That's small. And so everybody knew who I was, you know, all over the school, all, all grades, because they would see all the plays, they would see all the things, but I was just a guy that would like take my lunch into a practice room and play piano and write songs all day. Like I wasn't, oh. I wasn't really somebody 
who like talk to people that much. So yeah, it's funny that you, that you say that, you know, cause like other than like the social aspect of it, I was relatively popular because people knew who I was. Right. I get what you mean because everyone knew you, but it wasn't because you were this social butterfly. Right. It was just because of kind of like the work you did and the platform you you were on. Where was this too? Were you in Florida? Yeah, it was in in Miami Lakes and it was pretty awesome in the sense of like, it was a really diverse place. You know, there was really, yeah, there was only like three or four white people. And oh, like, that's so nice. My yeah, high was school awesome. was, I went to a public, large high school that really didn't have a ton of diversity. Really? I mean, it's like the suburbs in Rhode Island, but like, you wouldn't think it would be as white as it was. So I really wasn't. That's a big part of the reason why I was so pumped to come to New York and just yeah. be, ex- you know, I, w- I, I really wish that I got exposed to more diversity growing up. Like I would joke about how when I did youth theater, I played Carmen in Fame. Yeah. I played Anita in West Side Story. I yeah. played Dorothy in our entirely Caucasian production of The Wiz. That's hilarious. Like why we didn't do The Wizard of Oz is beyond me. We should have yeah. just done The Wizard of Oz. But like that goes to show <laughs> we had no options. <laughs> like, <laughs> Every show, it was just, it was so white. It was so very white. So I wish that I got exposed to the diversity that you had at your school. Because it was so small. So I didn't know, Yeah, I guess, what to expect. Especially with like a small Christian school. Like, I didn't know if it was like fancy schmancy. Does that mean, you know, like, I don't know. So I think it's awesome. It was, I mean, it was, but it wasn't, you know, like it was, it was, you know, you had to, you had to take like an IQ test or whatever and, you know, all these different things. But then you got in and you're like, I took a test for this. Like, this is just, (laughs) this is just. Totally. um, That is the same as when I, I, so I graduated high school. I went to college for 20 minutes in Rhode Island and dropped Mm. out. (laughs) And I went to an acting school in New York. And I guess I shouldn't say the name, but I went to an acting school in New York and Uh the auditions, I remember like a conservatory, two-year school and the auditions, it reminded me when you said you had to take these tasks, you had to do like um, a contemporary piece and another and this and that. And, and, And it was all about how like prestigious it was and whatever. And I took it so seriously. I got in and then once I was there, I was like, they just let anybody in? Did they yeah. let my the guy off the street in? Because yeah. like, what was all that for? It felt very misleading. Yeah, man. And and acting conservatories are weird as balls too, because like, <laughs> like, like they're like pick an animal and act like an animal and like, but only, only the spirit of that animal. And you're like, how the hell is this going to be useful to anything that I do in my life? Like, you know, <laughs> like it cracks me up to think about acting school. Cause anyone like you, anyone who knows who went, what they will go to first is like, yeah, I remember being an animal and like crawling around on the floor. Like we did so much crawling. Yeah. Animalistic crawling. Crawling, like like birth stuff. I mean, it's just like, why? Like, what is this even for? Can we just skip to the normal stuff? You know, and then there's, and then there's these freaking weirdos that are like, if you don't know how to pantomime folding a towel, you're not an actor. And then it's just like, come on, dude, like get out of my freaking butthole. I know. (laughs) I had such a hard time. Like, I don't know why this is. And I was just talking to my boyfriend about this, but I have always 
I don't like this about myself, Mike, and I wish uh-huh. that I was not like this, but I've always questioned authority a bit, sure. which maybe one can think like, okay, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when I was at acting school, especially, yeah, that came out where I just kept thinking to myself, who are these teachers and why are they so sure that me rolling on the fucking floor is what I need to do? Mm-hmm. To like tap into, like, I don't know. There, I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but there was a big part of me that just at acting school questioned all of it. I later dropped out. I didn't even yeah. complete it. Yeah. I just questioned it. But I do, but I'm also not this great actor. So I really could have probably benefited from like staying in the school and, and maybe just trusting in the process. That's what it was. They'd be like, trust really? in the process. And I was like, I don't know. Did you ever find yourself when you were studying thinking the same, like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah. All the time, <laughs> all the time, like with everything. I mean, like, <laughs> like it's not even, it's not even a joke, like everything, like even stuff I like, I'm just like, That's okay, funny. cool. Like the same thing with music, you know, you, you go yeah. and, and I get it. You got to learn your scales but that's not getting me any closer to learning smoke on the water. So let's just skip to that. You know, like that's how my brain works, you know? Yes. It's tricky because, oh my God. Yeah. This is really resonating with me because I have been fortunate to where I teach stand up, mm-hmm. and it kind of fell on my lap a couple of years ago where a friend taught a workshop at a college their stand-up person. It was like a UCB person and whoever okay. was teaching stand-up couldn't do it. And they were like, would you want to? And I was like, oh, this is going to be a real shit show. Like, yes, because yeah. I want the money. But like, sure. I don't know the first thing about this. I ended up loving it. And I've gotten, to, and especially now it's been such a fucking blessing because we yeah. can't perform. We can't go on the road. We can't do stuff. Anyway, I, I, when I have these students and we're learning the basic of, you know, the joke structure or like yeah. the, the very basic uh, how to write a joke, the technique behind it. I, it makes me think of the scales because it's like, I want, I want to teach, I do teach them that. And I think it's important to have an awareness of that. Yeah. But I also never want to harp on it too much. And I think that that, I think a lot of artists get so in their head with the technical that it can sometimes do a, just a big disservice. I, I yeah. fear that I'm just, if I harp too much on like, this is the, this is the setup and that's the punch and that, that doesn't work there. Brad, that's a better tag. I just worry that I'm creating a bit more harm than good because our brains aren't, you know? Right. Well, I mean, this harps back on how comedy and stand up is a lot like music. And th- these are the similarities in that there are definitely things you do need to learn, yeah. you know, uh, to get there. But after a while, you just start feeling it. And that's, that's kind of how you have to do it. And you kind of have to feel it out. And then before you know it, you're, you know, people are telling you how great you are and you don't even see it. You know, you're just like, I'm just telling a joke about whatever, you know? Yeah, it is like feeling. And I try to think about it like, you know, ballerinas, like they, when they're starting, they have to know what first position is and second and third. But when they're doing their beautiful grande routines, they're not in their head thinking, well, what position is each move I'm doing? They're just doing it. But that process I think can be tricky for like 
an artist who's not necessarily literal A to B kind of thinker. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the only thing I know about ballerinas is like, <laughs> they need to masturbate, I guess. Like, like just give them, give them. <laughs> Did you ever see Black Swan? Like, yes. it's just like, I felt like that whole movie was just like, can you just let this woman masturbate already? Uh, that's why all this shit's happening. Like, yes, you know? <laughs> that's why Corona happened. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, because they wouldn't let these prima ballerinas get yeah. to it. It's crazy, man. It's, uh, it's, it's so funny. You, when you start to realize how everything all leads back to that, like that's why cornflakes was made, you know, (laughs) you start learning about all this stuff and you're like, this is all just because of masturbating. Holy yes, You know, like, yes. Honestly, I would have had maybe three sermons at youth group if masturbation wasn't a thing. (laughs) That's like all we talked about. It's like so funny, especially like the Christian perspective, where if you even, even if you're not even doing it, if you think about it, it's a sin. Yeah, and then you're like, oh my god, how are my thoughts sins? Yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's like sort of traumatic, but I've I've found funniness yeah. in it, if it makes any sense. But like. Good for you. you know, but not even over-exaggerating here, Christy. I don't think I was comfortable talking to a woman until I was in my 20s. Wow. Because I was just scared of them. But how much of that was, you think, you personally? And how much of that was like your Christian upbringing? Or was it, or are they two in the same, I guess? I would say they were one in the same. Because well, that's what I meant, one in the same. I, I knew what you meant. It's no big deal. <laughs> I said it out loud and I was like, that doesn't sound right. That's all right. <laughs> well, one in the same. <laughs> that old Disney Channel song. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where's that from? <laughs> it's a Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez song. Yeah. I love Demi Lovato. Yeah. Isn't it great how I can say pretty much any reference ever and now you'll, and you'll understand it. Majority of the time, like I'll, I'll reference Britney Spears and most guys are like, what gay crap are you talking about? (laughs) And I'm just like, come on, man. It's awesome. But anyway, yeah, but that's how I remembered one in the same because of Selena Gomez and, and Demi Lovato. But yeah, it's, uh, I was scared of, you know, and not only that, but it's just like, I, you're just told your whole life, you can't be in a, in the same room with a woman, you know, that whole, like, wow. that, that's why, like, it's so, I, I understand people making fun of Mike Pence for that whole thing, but yeah. it's just like, I get it. Because I grew right. up with those things instilled. Sure, I grew up and, and like the Bible, I threw away childish things. But at the same time, it's like, I understand why he thinks that way. Because yeah. for some strange reason, when your brain is warped, you're like, the moment I'm in a room with a woman, something is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but right. something is going to happen. And the truth is, this is also never discussed because sex is such a taboo thing to talk about in church. Oh yeah. But it takes two to tango, dude. Like it takes right. like, like, right. you know, and, and the consent needs to be involved and like all these different things that don't involve just the sheer fact of you being in a room with a woman with the door closed, right. you know? So 
and and it's just nuts like it's it's all stuff that i didn't start realizing until i was in my 20s and i was like man yeah stupid that i think this way i think that makes a lot of sense i can totally relate i think that i had a similar these things are instilled in us when we're so young before we understand them necessarily yeah and then for me when i got when i grew up and i started to just have a better sense of self and and you're exposed to a lot more Mm -hmm. and you know, you're exposed to friends that don't have your same beliefs. And, and I think that was when for me, I, I, a lot sort of clicked too, you know, and then I, and then I really just kind of pick and chose things that I liked. Like, okay, I like this about being a Christian and I don't like this. So I'm doing those and I'm not doing those. And I think a lot of hardcore Christians would be like, oh, well, that means you're not a Christian at all. Right. But I just disagree, you know? Mm. And I think that that, yeah. But it, but it's hard to do that, especially when you're a kid and you're just of kind course. of doing what your parents are doing and you don't. Right. And you don't know from that. Yeah. You just don't, you don't know. know. You don't know if you'd be at church if it weren't for them driving you there. Yeah. You know? And, and so. You don't even know, and if you don't understand anything, you're asking them. And then they're just telling you, like, they form your opinions as facts. It's sure. like, okay, well, that's what they do. So that's what happens. Just out of curiosity, did you ever do the whole youth group thing? And No, I, you know, I, I went to CCD, okay, which is like catechism. And okay. we went every week and we, and I did that up until I got my confirmation when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. So like weekly, we would all meet in this like church basement. And like, it was kind of like a Sunday school. Sure. But it was on Tuesdays, I remember. Um, and and sometimes with that came an occasional trip to like nowhere cool. You know, yeah. we weren't doing overnights or the cool youth youth group stuff I hear about. So yeah, but I, I was never say it was cool. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you think watching Toby Mac and Skillet is cool, sure. <laughs> yeah, we we it were the coolest. Yeah, we were partiers. <laughs> Family Force Five, dude. We party till we die. I I wish that like we would do cool things. Like I hear about. I have friends who grew up in a youth group, and they fucking travel. They would like, oh, we went here with our youth group and like had a vacation. And I was like, what? Like I, I would have loved that, but I hated it the whole time I was doing it. Like I, I think because I was very social and I would have just rather been doing other things. Like I would have rather gone over to Britney's or like had play rehearsal or whatever. I didn't want to be in this fucking basement that was cold learning about God and all his fishermen. Like I was just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. (laughs) That's awful. It's like an AA so, meeting. Like, I know. <laughs> like at a church it's like the worst. And like yeah, nobody's going to learn about it. Jesus in a basement. Yeah. That's not weird at all. <laughs> and there was this one girl, Emily, who was so sweet. And her mom kind of ran it. And her mom was nice. And I felt bad for her because nobody gave a shit. Yeah. But even Emily didn't give a shit. And you could tell that Emily was just like, you know, she was between a rock and a hard place. Because, yeah. you know. She's just trying to live her life, Emily, and her mom's struggling. And I, I just have such vivid memories of like being cold and hating it and That's like so feeling bad for Emily. What is your so just out of curiosity, what's your what's your experience with like 
Christian pop culture? Like, did you listen to Christian music or music or movies or anything like I that? I never did growing up and okay. I have a little bit now, like a couple. Okay. So that's how you know the Michael W. Smith reference. Yes. Okay. And like, that's like, I, like, and I think I was introduced to what I think is like Christian kind of pop culture mm-hmm. through when I learned about Hillsong. Oh yeah. That was like, I remember, and I learned about it on Justin Bieber's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's and I was hilarious. like, this is a church. Like he hangs out with Carl Lentz, who's like the main pastor here in New York. Yeah. And I remember being like, who is this like tatted hunky pastor like sign me up and then I went and have you ever been to a Hillsong (laughs) I've never been to a Hillsong church I've seen them play live and it's nuts man I it it, uh you can be honest because you're 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 a musician too so like no it's great I as far as music goes it's amazing the only critique the only critique that I have is there's so many guitars on that stage I wonder if any of them are even on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like there's one like, guy that just like holds it like yeah, he's not even doing there's anything. a guy there's there there's literally a guy that his whole job is just to jump around like that's his <laughs> whole job like, I, I want that job he's that's just like really, into it yeah he's just into it with a freaking like megaphone <laughs> giving it all away away like just jumping around and people are like i love jumping guy like he's so cool doesn't even have a name like, he's just jumping guy <laughs> You know, no, Hillsong is, is good. There, There's nothing wrong with them. And it's not only Hillsong. It's like all these churches. It's like Hillsong, Elevation, all that stuff. I'm so glad I could talk to you about this. Oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> because <laughs> every time I try to talk about this, nobody understands what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> but it's just like, it feels like they're all just doing Fix You by Coldplay. Yeah. Doesn't it? Like everything just starts with strings and they're saying things that don't really make sense, but they're talking about elements. So they're like, you quoted me into the water and like, and they have the oceans. Yeah. And here's the thing too. They have these weird accents. You find out they're from West Palm beach, Florida. Like you're like, why the hell does she talk like that? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, Jesus, you are the light of man, the water. She's from West Palm Beach, Florida. Why do you sing like that? Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so fucking funny. It is so true. That, that's so true. They yes. are just singing about elements. You don't know what they're talking about. And yeah. it's also so ironic because I'm also, I love the Hillsong music. I mean, I, so I stand it, but it makes sense because yeah. I also love Fix You by Coldplay. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I totally I get it. If it ain't don't fix so, it. Like, I only want to have sex to that song. Only. <laughs> Look, th- this is my personal opinion, but if if <laughs> I want that to be my wedding song, like I want I want to be able to look at my bride as we dance and just cl- and just lip the words I will try to fix you. Oh, <laughs> lights will guide you home. Like yes. That's Sign the most up. honest that's the most honest song you could ever sing to your bride or to your groom is I will try to fix you. Um <laughs> but it's so funny. It's so true. And that was like I mean, going to, because again, I was, I was in New York. I was in my like mid twenties. I think when I discovered I'm 35 now. Uh So I was like mid twenties when I, I like really discovered and I didn't know anything. Like I, 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 first of all, 
in New York, they meet at the Hammerstein Ballroom, yeah. which is a big like concert venue. Yeah, to them, remember, it's probably a small place. Oh, yeah. I was floored by it felt like a Broadway show. Oh, yeah. From the musicians to even when whoever is is speaking, because they'll have a lot of guest speakers come in. There's something about like the delivery and the theatrics and the commanding of the stage. And I was just like, like, it was just an experience. I I felt like I bought, I couldn't believe it was free. I was like, this is like, I'm seeing these incredible artists. Right. But that I also, but so, so much of my enjoyment was the spectacle and the experience more so than like, sometimes I would go and I don't even know what they're saying. Sure. I don't know what they're talking about. And, you know, it's so <laughs> know funny. You can either, twist but... <laughs> the gospel. You can twist anything in the Bible to mean whatever really you want it to mean. Sure. And so it's just so funny how it'd be like, you know, they say in Corinthians, blah, 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 blah. And then it turns into like, you know, him saying, so I was in, in, you know, walking down the street and this person asked me for this. And it made me think about John 40 and, and like, and then you're like, and then I, I sit at home with the Bible and I'm, and sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't necessarily see that connection, but yeah. Well, it's cause you're not hearing it in, Aust- in an Australian accent. In an That's Australian why. accent. That's yeah. Why. If you heard it in an Australian accent, it would sound and way more. They reference some of the elements. Yeah. Air, <laughs> fire, yeah. water. Then I can understand it. Water, the but earth. <laughs> it, it's wild and it's so yeah. easy to make fun of. And I do love making fun of it. I love sure. having fun. I see the humor in all of it. And I have to constantly check myself because I thought about this the other day. Like I have a girlfriend who swears by these fucking essential oils. She's (laughs) just like, oh, something hurts. Like you need a tea tree out of this or a lavender. And I'm thinking to myself, what the, like, I cannot buy into essential oils yet. I'll be like, oh, Danielle, hold on. I have to go talk to my invisible friend in the sky who solves my problems. And it's insane. It's insane. I feel like I lose all credibility, but- no, not at all. I I feel, and this is this is my thought. I don't think you truly love something unless you can make fun of it. Yeah, I it's like that. just like yeah, like that's how I've always felt. I, I make fun of my best friends, you know. Like I make fun of all kinds of stuff, and it, it's just because like I love it so much. Like I wouldn't be able to make fun of it the way that I make fun of it if I didn't love it. Because like never in that whole rant that I gave you about Hillsong, did I say Hillsong sucks, you know, or anything. I just, I just gave you observations (laughs) that are funny, but it doesn't mean that I don't like them. You know what I mean? I think that they're great. I think they're awesome. And I've seen them live and they're incredible, you know, but yeah, like I've seen them at the, I mean, they played like. Miami Airlines Arena, like where like where the Heat play, and wow. even they all like I was in like nosebleeds, and like you have to understand that like whether you believe in God or not, there is something so incredible about a band being able to bring tears to people's eyes all the way in a nosebleed. Yeah, well like, said. Like in in an arena, like regardless of whether you believe in God or whatever, right? That's incredible. Totally. Like, it, it, yeah, it's musicianship. It's perform. It's 
it's a lot and it, and it is yeah it is very touching like i have for sure been very moved by a lot of the i don't know if it's a performance or an experience i don't know sure. what it is but i it's have the spirit been very, to them but yeah <laughs> it's the yeah. spirit <laughs> I've been, I have been very moved by it. Yeah. So, so for sure. And I agree. And I like to think that, you know, some of the, the higher ups at Hillsong would make fun of themselves a bit too. I mean, I, I hope everyone has the same kind of humor to just yeah, not take anything so. too seriously. Like just yeah. because it's a, your religion doesn't mean it's fucking, you have to take it so seriously every right. day. I mean, yeah, I believe in this, but come on, we lighten up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I, I just, uh, I don't know if it was be when I became a comedian, but there was a time in my life where I was like an actor and only doing acting stuff and only doing music stuff. And I took myself really seriously and nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like there's, that's totally fine. But after a while I was just like, man, who cares? Right. Like lighten up, man. Like it's just like if you if something good happens, something good happens and just like make fun of everything like and so that's why like I respect people a lot more when they're when they don't take themselves that seriously. You know, it's like a quality that I find in people that I'm like, "Oh, I like you more because of that." You know. I agree. I yeah. think that it's much easier said than done. Like I you know, it's easy for me to be like, oh, lighten up. It's whatever. There are times I wish that I did that myself more, but it is such a beneficial, I think, especially in our industry. And I can't speak to other industries, but in our industry, there's just so much rejection and there's yep. so much pain that comes with that. And just with the, when, when you're, you know, when you're an artist and it's like staying true to yourself, but also you want to make money doing this. And I think the ability to, we find so much worth in our work. So yeah. if we can stop for a second and like, who cares? You do a performance, whether it's an acting job or a set, whatever it is. And like, we're going to bomb. And when we bomb, only lately have I have been able to shake it off and to say, who the fuck cares? Yeah. This doesn't define me. Like before a bomb in front of, you know, a decent crowd would really fuck me up. I, yeah. you know, that's a terrible feeling. It just like, you feel like you let yourself down, you let the audience down and everything. It just comes down. And I have a girlfriend who's just like, who cares? Like, yeah. Who cares? Like also we're all the stars of our own movie. Like no yeah. one's thinking about Mike as much as you're thinking about Mike. No <clears throat> one gives a, no one's thinking about the set Christy did two weeks ago. No one cares. Yeah. So to have that ability, I think, in what we do could really come in handy in helping us in every of in course. every way. Yeah, I'm I'm learning that as much as I possibly can. And that's so yeah. well said. And and you know, a couple of weeks ago I was actually asked to to feature for a comic at a club in Naples. And I don't know if you've ever played at Naples um no I never been really I I know yeah. I know uh because I know you you toured with Nicole Byer, yes and Nicole has played this club many times but it's a great club it, it, you know it's fine it's just I'm just not a fan of Naples um right. <laughs> just in general it's, it's a lot of old white people and that's not really my fan base um <laughs> <laughs> you know like why is he talking about Disney movies <laughs> This, this kid is dumb you know so like I'm just up there doing my thing 
and it's not going poorly, but it's also not going well. It was fine. You know, I, and I left and, and, uh, the headliner came, he did, he killed. And after the show, there was this woman that was super drunk and she was, she couldn't like stop complimenting how good he was to Uh him. And we're just standing by the door trying to get paid. And she's like, you were so good. You were so good. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, great. You know, and also like trying to stay six feet away and like trying to like, you know, remind her like even though she's intoxicated like we're still in a pandemic and you know all this kind of stuff hard and then uh she finally got the cue after a while and then just turned to me and said you you were okay like that and normally that would have killed me (sighs) but I just looked at her square in the face and I said that's all right I already have your money good for you (laughs) But like, good for you. Like I felt that like to not let that, especially like in front of a headliner when I'm an opener as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like when we have our, these comics, it is, I get very flattered when people ask me to open for them. Yeah, same. And I really, I think it's because they know my, they know I can do a good job. I can bring energy. I can set up the room. So there's a whole other feeling of, you feel like you didn't do your best and you're like, fuck, is this person going to be like, why did I ask Christy to open for me? I let him down. I mean, it becomes this like team sport when it's really not. But yeah. so I think I can totally, I can think of, you know, if I were in a situation and someone said that to me in front of Nicole, who I opened for, I think I'd yeah. be like, I think it'd be hard to not let that hit me, but you're right. Also, it's yeah. like, fuck this woman. She's intoxicated and who the fuck don't, you know, get right. out of here. But the way you said that is like, that's okay. Like, ah, oh, that's like baller status. It's like, yeah. oh. Sometimes, sometimes when people say things that are like super rude, you just get on one, you know, and you don't let, you don't let, uh, the yeah. emotion of it get to you. I don't know. That's like my, that's like the gangster in my heart, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that must be it. It must be the gangster. In it's your true. Heart it's talk. true. Like, <laughs> even though I look white, talk white, uh, dress white, <laughs> all that stuff, I'm still Cuban at heart and I'm from the hood. I, I am. I'm from the hood. And, I, and I'm Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, I am Cuban. Like, and I won't shoot you, but I'll throw bullets at you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10, to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup. It's better than spooning. 
This episode of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez is also brought to you by Real Good Foods. If you're a longtime Childlike at Best listener, you know about Real Good Foods. They have incredibly tasty, low-carb, keto-friendly meals like cauliflower crust pizza, stuffed chicken, breakfast sandwiches, and ice cream. But now Real Good Foods has a brand new product, low-carb, high-protein entree bowls. And look, I'm talking chicken lasagna, lemon chicken, Mongolian beef, creamy carbonara, cauliflower mash, and braised beef. I mean, guys, this is absolutely incredible. And during this time of lockdown, it is really nice to just have something that you can throw in the microwave and know that you're actually getting good ingredients and it's actually tasty as well. So check out realgoodfoods.com and use the promo code BESTIE to save 15% off of your order. That's realgoodfoods.com. Use promo code BESTIE to save 15% off of your order at checkout. Real Good Foods. Keep it real. I want to move on uh, a little bit into what were some of your fandoms growing up? Like what were like the television shows you had to watch, movies, music, if you want to talk about that? Oh my God, that's such a fun question. Um, It was pop music in my teens when it was TRL and it was boy bands and it was Britney. Yeah. That was it for me. I had, I had stuff I liked before then. (laughs) <laughs> but when TRL came out, that I was like a teen. Like I would come home from school and watch Carson on TRL and watch yeah. who I, who was the number one. And that was really the rise of Britney. I'm a huge Britney fan. And I also love boy bands. Yeah. So that, I mean, I would go to concerts. I would write the boys' names like on my face <laughs> and have signs and scream and cry. That's amazing. So I was hugely into that, into that moment in time when it was like, I miss it. I love, I loved it. And it's so funny because like the music is not because of the music. Like I just loved a superstar entertainer. I love big fucking, I like to show and dance like that. I love it. I mean, I love Brittany. I worry about her so much now. Same here. You know, yeah. I really, I, I for a while, I have a good friend, Mateo Lane. He's a hysterical comic. I love Mateo. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> yes. So for a million years, <laughs> for three years, we did a show together in New York uh, called Battle of the Divas. Yeah. And we would pin two divas against each other that are like comparable, like a Britney versus Christina. And then we'd have comedians debate who's better and drag queens perform as the divas, as Brittany and Christina. That's a great idea. It was, <laughs> thank you. It was a hugely, I'm going to toot my horn here, my horn here, but then you'll hear me untoot it later because <laughs> it was an amazing show and it had, it was sold out every time. Yeah. We pitched it to every possible network you could pitch it to and we were close and then everyone gave us <laughs> Man. Everyone ultimately turned it down. But but I say all that to say years ago, I mean, Britney's Instagram was for a long time a source of comedy for me. Sure. I was I I could not believe the humor from what I thought I was seeing on her Instagram. And I have to say, and that and I don't want to get too serious or too much of a downer, but I, I, for me, I have stopped laughing at it. Oh, I, yeah. I, 
it has taken a, a dark turn and yeah. I, and I still sometimes get messages because so many people know that I, I, I had one woman show called it's Christy bitch that was heavily influenced by Britney Spears. Gee, how? I have people messaging. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cause I don't have to say that. It's pretty, pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and I have people messaging me like still being like, Oh my God, did you see this? And they'll send me it. And I just, I worry about her. Yeah, for sure. But but she, it's I, I crazy. Do. I um, yeah, what I do, have, what's your take on on her and that? I'm, well, it's extremely sad. I mean, for for one, it's extremely sad, and also like I have friends that were close to her at some point in time. Really? So yeah, I did a a kid series for Eric Foster White, who wrote majority of her self-titled album like he wrote oops i or uh not oops i did it again baby one more time baby one more time he wrote the bow now now no like he wrote that whole beat um it's iconic that's an iconic pop song yeah that's that's one of his claim to fame his biggest song is uh he did the rendition of Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. So like he he did all this great stuff, amazing producer. And he um, he made this music kids situational comedy, and I was lucky enough to be on it for four years. And it oh was really God. it was really fun. But yeah, he would tell me stories all the time about she just got so famous so famous almost to a point that it's not her fault you know like it's literally just people pushed her buttons so much I also my my vocal teacher in college was in a boy band that opened for Britney Spears and so you know what boy um, band because I know a lot of those it was do you remember I cannot remember you'll have to message me when it and find out because I I wonder because I saw her live and I saw a lot of boy bands and I wonder it was like something like five, five, some, it was something about high five. Like, high five. That's who it was. Yes. High five. <laughs> oh my God. You know, so many of like people that I geek out over. That's so funny that you're no high five. <laughs> I didn't even know them. And I know the I guy think, that was in I think it. it's called high five. <laughs> it sounds about right. I don't know. If it's not I mean, that, it's something very similar. I think it's yeah. that. But that's so... Okay, so I cut you off. So you... No, 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 you're good. He worked with her as well? Yeah, he was on tour with her for at least oh, a that's year. that's right, because he opened. Her. And it was... Um, it, and this was during the time when her and Justin Timberlake were dating. Oh, wow. Like, they were trying to keep it secret. And so, I mean, the the amount of people they would have to hire just to bring them in together so they can sit and like talk to each other for 20 minutes without like any interruption or people taking pictures. I mean, because the thing is, if you walk next to someone, they'll take a picture and be like, they're dating, you know, or like whatever, especially back then, you know, because like everybody cared who the boy bands and and and, oh, yeah. and all those people were dating because all the girls are like, but what about me? You're like, whatever. Because <laughs> that's right. who Justin Timberlake wants. Nicole from Nebraska. That's who he wants. With you know, braces. Like, <laughs> no. Yes. He loves braces. He really dude. thinks she has a chance. <laughs> he oh, loves so bra- he loves braces and cleft palates. That's his thing. <laughs> He's really into braces and cleft palates. 
Yeah, oh my um, God, that's crazy. Yeah. So like hearing those stories kind of secondhand, cause I didn't really go through it. You know, yeah. I heard them secondhand and that's when I started realizing like, oh, maybe this isn't as funny as like everyone's making it out to be. And right. then and the, the whole fu- Instagram thing happened. And then I was like, okay, now it's like really sad. Yeah. Yes. And there's nobody we can compare it to. There have been huge superstars in history. You know, mm-hmm. you can name on your, on one hand, we can count like the Michael Jackson level of celebrity and Britney Spears is on that hand. But the yeah. thing, the difference is, is that Britney rose to fame at the height of when paparazzi was happening. And then on, and then came social media where it yeah. became these celebrities became so accessible yeah. and it is insane now how much is shared and posted. And like back when Britney was really, you know, 2007, Britney, it was like the tabloids had never been, I mean, a photo of Britney would go fucking millions. Yeah, And there absolutely. was never before her, there wasn't anyone who's comparable to that kind of level of insanity. Yeah. It was, I, I, I feel so guilty, even though we didn't obviously, but it's like what happened to her was so tragic. And I think yeah. people want to laugh about, well, now I don't know, obviously I don't know the facts, but I, but I do research and I feel like kind of what's happening now is because of her past and her situation and maybe you know, she has kids. I believe that she's been put under conservatorship by her father who kind of seems somebody else. It seems as though is making the decisions for her. Right. Almost like she's kind of a puppet and and they're like, okay, Brittany stand here and do a tour all. There's a light in her eyes. That's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's sad. I think it's really, really sad. And I, I, I just, I'm, yeah, there was something else I was going to say, but I lost my train of thought when I thought Well, about. I was just thinking that's only the beginning. Because, like, if you think that's sad, what's Paris Hilton going to be like 20 years from now? I know. You have you know. to see. You should watch the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube. Do you not know who I am? I've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I really found that. Yeah. I loved it. I found it's it. I, I saw her in, like, a new... In a bit of a new light. Yeah. You're like, wow, she's like a person. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even saying she's a person. I'm like, she's like a person. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> no, but it's like we look at it humanized her. Of course. In a way that her prior nothing else really has. Yeah. And you know, I think with the thing, this is what I remember what I was gonna say about Britney, is I do worry about mental health and and I don't know how. I don't know what's going on in her head, but there has been apparent changes, I believe, in her behavior just from what from what we can see from her. And I just worry and I don't like I think I wish that people kind of would draw a line a bit at going from like, okay, this is really funny, like she's a hot mess, to this could be sad and this is kind of a cry for help. And maybe let's not laugh about this. I think people yeah. laugh at issues up until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I worry that God forbid something happens to her and then everyone's going to, you know, they'll think, Oh God, they'll feel badly that they were using her Instagram for their 
Twitter fodder and making jokes. Yeah. Well, the truth is, I feel like the reason why, at least I, I would think, the reason why we know to back off is because we're comics. People that don't understand comedy are kicking people yeah. when they're down. You know? Yeah. They yeah they they're punching down. That's so. And like to us, we're true. like, she's going through hell, dude. Like, there's no need for me to tell a stupid joke about this. Like, it's the same right. thing with Paul Walker dying right where it's just like every comic is like can you give this guy three minutes to be dead before you make your stupid joke it's so true and you know it's tricky because so much of comedy is like subjective and i don't Mm. ever want to label anything so like this is off limits and this is off limits Mm -hmm. i do think that there are ways to potentially approach certain issues yeah However, I I am of the mind personally where with a Paul Walker situation where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, give it a give it give it yeah. twenty minutes before you make this your content for your likes. You know, yeah. that gets and, to be it feels pretty icky. And not to mention you're chomping at the bit to get to a joke that anyone can make. Yeah. It's you so know true. what I mean? As opposed to like you might make a joke about Britney Spears or whatever, but it's from a different angle that nobody's ever taken it and then you're like whoa I actually never considered that and then that's funny as opposed to like the thing that literally anyone could have said you know and like who cares yeah I completely agree I completely agree let's keep her in our thoughts and in our prayers and send good energy let's bow our heads and close our eyes right now (laughs) (laughs) literally but I did but she she's a pretty huge obsession and in later years it did turn into, I am a big, I'm a big little monster. I love Lady Gaga. Sure. I like She's Beyonce. Great. I mean, I, I loved Janet Jackson. I mean, I still love her, but when she was sort of, I don't know, I like a pop star, like a female pop star. That's yeah. where I go. I go hard. Yeah, Janet's great. Beyonce is great. I have have gotten to a point with Beyonce, though. Where, I like, think I know what you're going to say, and I think I'm also kind of there. <laughs> what is that? It's a little much. Yeah. With the queen bee. Like she's the queen think, and I'll bow down and hail the queen and everything's queen. Like I feel yeah. like it's a little much. I think that no one has the balls to say that she's not writing good music anymore. <gasps> oh, that was good. That's me. Yeah. I think no one has the balls to say it. And I do. I'm going to say it on my podcast that four people <laughs> listen to. <laughs> joking no um yeah like i i don't think you're wrong yeah i I don't see the lie she's great has an amazing voice but i feel like she's releasing stuff and her audience is just like we're just happy that you're here as opposed to like this is actually life-changing it hasn't nothing has hit for me since lemonade exactly nothing is i mean when she had I think Beyonce, Beyonce really stepped on her Beyonce with, I mean, she had her B-Day album that was like irreplaceable, mm-hmm. was on it. She had some great songs on there. And then she had Sasha Fierce, which was single ladies. That yeah. was a whole fucking moment in time. Mm-hmm. And then Lemonade blew my mind. Yeah. Formation blew my fucking mind. That visual album blew my mind. And I watched her recent visual album. I think Black is King. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. 
it's fun that it's on disney plus i know (laughs) that's about it i also was like yeah it was beautiful it was beautiful to watch i really did love the imagery i love her message i love what she's saying and what she's doing sure but there is a part of me that's just like fiance i want you to like dance around yeah I mean, I feel the same way about Rihanna, where I'm like, yeah, you have cool lingerie and, like, a Fenty makeup, but, like, can you give us Umbrella Part 2? Like, yeah. where's, like, that That's is why great. <laughs> I'm here for you. So I, love I have Umbrella. high expectations, but I do love pop stars. Yeah, same here. So did you fall off on TRL with, like, the emo side of it? It's funny, because I was thinking about the emo side. I did not, like, I actually... I loved TRL so much that I loved everything. There was a period where as into Britney as I was, I became very into like Blink-182 and like sure. Fallout Boy. Oh, yeah. And like I remember Corn. I had like a <laughs> minute with Corn. Even when Eminem came out, I sure. love rap yeah. music. Yeah. I am passionate about really amazing rappers and I still stand Eminem. He came out and he he I mean he was ripping these pop tarts and I was loving it. I was loving yeah. him. I was loving it. But yeah, I love I love rap and I love Eminem. Yeah. Is that like your go-to guy? It used to be I mean let me really try to think about this. I used to love Outcast a lot. Sure. I I think that was when I was starting to be really like I loved Outcast. Were you, like, uh, did you like them from Stank Anya or did, was it the pop album that you were into? Like the Roses and Hey Ya and stuff like that. It was, that is how I introduced them. But sure. then I did go a little bit further and go back. Nothing, I, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That album yeah. is amazing. There's yeah, nothing I wrong with that. so good. I really It's ahead of its it. time. It got trashed when it came out. And did it really? Yeah, like people people didn't like the love below because oh, yeah, speaker box the love yeah, below. Yeah, because Andre was such a great rapper that they're like, why is he singing? This is stupid. You know? And you listen to that album now and it still holds up. Oh, you know, like and now you're like, Oh, this album is so genius. And it's like it was always great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do get it. If you grew up listening to things like Bombs Over Baghdad and like, you know, hearing all these things about like Andre being this amazing rapper. And then, and he's, then sing- he's like, and Roses then he's like, really smell yeah. like poo, poo, poo. <laughs> yeah. Like- yeah. It all goes to poo, poo, doesn't it? Like, because even Kanye, <laughs> he had that song, that poop, diddy, scoop, diddy, poop, diddy. And you're like, all right, oh, well, okay. I guess he fell off too. You know, oh, like, yeah. 20 years from now, we're going to be like, this song is genius. Like, <laughs> what did you think of Kanye? <laughs> what did you think of Kanye's uh, Christian? Or the church religion? album? The church album. I mean. God this is, is king? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus is king. Jesus is king? Look, this is my thought. I'm a big Kanye West fan. Um, I love Kanye West. However, I he's like my hip-hop Pee Wee Herman. I love him, but I don't necessarily think he's that great of a person. Okay. <laughs> um, like gotcha. he's kind of insane. I, I you know? agree. I agree. But, but love his music. I think he is oh, one of yeah. the better producers of our time. I, you know, definitely needs to work on lyrical content, in my opinion, because it yeah. hasn't really been great since my dark twisted fantasy. But my hot take on that album is like he just turned into like Kirk Franklin. Because, like, Kirk Franklin has these CDs or these albums 
where it's like a choir like doing this these amazing songs and kirk franklin is just in the back being like let me hear you but he's not doing anything <laughs> like right like, yeah, and it also just felt a lot more gospel to me than rap right which right. maybe he i don't know if it was a rap album no i think it was supposed to be a gospel album okay. i think that was on purpose okay but, i was like yeah this is gospel there's a choir and everything well, well that's the thing is like to me it's like why not call it Kanye West presents this choir or whatever the case, as opposed to like, this is a Kanye West album and like then this choir and he's just in the background going, or like whatever he's doing to remind you that he's Kanye West and really doing anything else. I see what you're saying. I I do. I applaud his ability to always kind of recreate himself. Yeah. I think almost like a Lady Gaga, like, you know, they come out every, you know, when they have a new album or a new this, it feels different. It feels different than their old. And yeah, I'm a fan of his personally, not so much, but I do think he's a genius when it comes to his work. I want to go into these last couple of bits here. Just out of curiosity, growing up, what were your favorite snacks? What were your Stan snacks? Dunkaroos. Nice. You're a 90s kid. Oh, yeah. I love it. Dunkaroos, probably fruit roll up. Oh, no, that's a lie. Fruit by the foot. And then handy snacks where you'd like the cracker and the cheese. Yes. (laughs) Those were like my mom had those in the house after school. I'd be like, yes. Now, which handy snacks? The one with the stick that you would accidentally think was was a cracker and eat by mistake? Or... Or the one, the not the dunkers. The, yeah, <laughs> the ones that you had the little red knife. Yeah, yeah, and you would spread it on yeah, the cracker. Swallow. Yeah, I, oh, or, I want that so me. bad right now. Like artificial cheese. <laughs> artificial I cheese. I was all about that growing up. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so a thing about about childhood that I've noticed, and I like to bring to this podcast, it, it compasses childhood is cereal. Every episode of this podcast, I like to review a box of cereal with my guest. <laughs> so uh, I've chosen a cereal to review with you. Um, and usually I like to get cereal or a cereal that has something to do with my guests in some way, shape or form. It reminds me of them or oh whatever God. the case. So I spoke with my sponsors at FYE. Now by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all their products and, and by, you're available for sponsorship. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they never got back to me. <laughs> so the cereal that I got for you is Parks and Recreation Sweetums cereal. Oh my God. Yeah. Look at that. It's you. That, that is little, inc- that, That's you. That, I mean, sometimes it's right on the nose, you know? I'm dying. <laughs> that is the fucking best. Yeah, isn't it? Holy shit. That's so amazing. Yeah. And so it's made, It's uh, it says <laughs> now with extra corn syrup. So you have that. Um, I love that. In the back here, there's, there's a maze. It seems pretty easy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that can't be a maze. (laughs) It probably isn't. I'm just making a joke. (laughs) See if you can get through this maze, you moron. (laughs) Oh my god, and that's so funny. And I yeah. think like, oh yeah, I feel like those are little things you can pop out. Yeah, these little cutouts that you can make. And then um, 
What I love here is that it, it has little nutrition facts, but it's like Sweetums nutrition facts. So if you can see, it says, Oh my God. It says Total calories, oh, yikes. yikes. <laughs> Dude, does it give you a number after a yike? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like total fat. Yes, please. Like, <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it says, and, and also on the bottom that it, it attracts possums. So warning, <laughs> it attracts possums. Just, they they did a really good job on this box of cereal. It's pretty awesome, huh? That's the best thing I've ever seen. I wish I had that. So this is great too, man. And and I wish that I could mail this to you or something. I but wish. But what's it called? Um the actual cereal itself is is just marshmallows <laughs> so so i um i i mean clearly i've eaten a lot of it as well but <laughs> i would have too it looks delish it, it's so the cereal wise it's like lucky charms kind of yeah basically but it's just marshmallows so <laughs> is there nothing wait is there nothing else but marshmallows that is it that's the whole thing this entire bag was full of marshmallows there's nothing oh my god i thought that that was like a part of it no no how how crazy do you think I would be to, to take all the grain and just leave all the marshmallows here for you? Sure. I wasn't sure where you were going with this. Yeah. That's so hysterical. Yeah. So um so what I want to do is I want I would like for you to review this box of cereal with the information that I've given you. And I think it would be more fun to review this cereal as Sweetums. Oh, um, or yeah. whoever you'd like, really, Hi. um, you can, yeah, that's so perfect. Is that, did you think that she's, but she also has like a mischievous face. Like, is she getting into trouble? She's like, kind of like Pepper Ann. You oh know? my God. She's like Pepper Ann. She's like Angelica from Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, how do I give her a voice? Hey, stupid babies. Hey, stupid. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sweetums. <laughs> yeah. That just that's sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but that's I'm gonna okay. go back to the original. Like, hi, <laughs> I'm sweet. I'm sweetie sweetum. Sweet. Oh my gosh! And this I'm giving gonna... a review of the cereal yeah. as sweetie sweetum. Either, either, either a review or a commercial, whatever. Because oh. I know this is difficult, you know, because we're Zoom conferencing, and you know, we're not. Oh, really I'm having actually... a time of my life. <laughs> Let me know the if you day can. of my life. <laughs> you and me both. Whenever you're ready, here we go. Oh my god. Okay, but I'm okay. <laughs> Hi, boys and girls. <laughs> my boyfriend just came over. He's gonna be like, "What?" Hi, boys and girls. I'm Sweetie Sweetums. Have you tried our new cereal, Sweet Crunch cereal? <laughs> it's so sweet and yummy. And look at all these colors. <laughs> Don't ask about the calories. Yikes. <laughs> You don't want to know, but this is the yummiest cereal. <laughs> so give it a try and tell them that Sweetie Sweetum sent you, y'all. She's Southern now. Y'all. Yeah. Okay, now, uh, gotta go. Gotta go. I'm grounded. I'm in trouble. Coming, Mom. Oh my gosh. Sweetum cereal, ladies and gentlemen. They said it couldn't be done. They were probably right, but we did it. Um, <laughs> so 
fun. That is really fun. Real, real quick before I ask you these last couple of questions, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to talk a little bit about your comedy in general. So like, when did you start? Um, I started stand up probably like 10 years ago. Yeah. But when I first started, I, I, I would do one show a month. And I think, yeah. I, I think I thought that that was doing stand-up. So it took me a long time to sort of realize that you have to do a lot more to really actively be doing it. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say I've been kind of consistently, you know, getting work as a comic for the past like five or so years. Yeah. What came first? Was it because you've done multiple, I would call them one woman shows kind of where yeah. like, like uh, it's Christy bitch and uh, the talk shows that you did for Chris Gethard presents. Yeah. Um, which is actually, you know, I've, I've seen you on roast battle and things like that, but that's the rejection special that you did was like what made me fall in love with you where I was like, Oh, Aww. this woman is amazingly funny and relatable and just so great. And that's what made me want to reach out and be your friend, you know? (laughs) Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. But what came first? Was it the one woman shows or was it the road dogging? That's a great question. I I have an acting sort of background. Like I grew up doing musical theater Yeah. and I came to New York and I did, I went to acting school. So I had like an acting background and then I started taking some improv classes, quickly learned that I don't like improv. And then from there started stand up, stand up. And then a couple of years into the stand up, that's when I started to kind of take my stand up background and use it to do bigger productions, whether it's the one woman show or the stuff I worked on with Chris Gethard. I, I try to incorporate my stand-up into that, you know, quite a bit. I, I have a, you know, it's 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 comedy, and there is, there are jokes sprinkled throughout. But for me, the stand-up came first, and then it became what else do I want to do with the yeah. stand-up kind of background, and how can I do bigger shows? And uh, and I'm still sort of playing with like what the future of that's going to be. You know, if I have a comedy special one day, which I would love to have, and am working towards I don't think it's going to look like a conventional stand-up special I imagine it would be a bit more theatrical and have maybe technical elements and Mm. I I don't know exactly yet but I I know that I'm starting to look at stand-up I think stand-up is changing and I think that I'm kind of redefining what it is for for me right I feel like watching your special on rejection was inspiring at least to me because it was something that made me like many other specials that I've seen as well like um Homecoming King Hassan Minaj's special you know things like that where it's becoming it's becoming more fluid it's becoming more like we can have these sentimental and vulnerable moments to be real and then we can get back to comedy. Yeah. You know, and and uh and I feel like that's something that I that is 
a inspirational to me and b something that I want to work towards myself. Um, That's awesome. That's yeah. really really cool. I'm I'm in the same place, Mike. I'm trying to dipping my toe in these different things, and I I want to explore that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I want to ask you these last two questions here. There's no wrong answer to these questions. You can take them however you want. You can answer them vulnerably, comedically, whatever. There is no wrong answer. And that first question is, what advice would you give to the child version of yourself? I love that question. (laughs) And I've asked other people that. And you'd think that I would have all along thought of an answer for myself. Yeah, um, I ask that question to people every week and I still don't know. Right? It's a <laughs> yeah. hard fucking question. Yeah, it is hard. But it's a good one. I don't know how to do this quite yet. Uh, I think I would tell my younger self to slow down, to breathe a lot more and to try to worry less and trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. That would be what I would say. And I'm, and I still can't always do that, but I've learned in the past five years, how important it is to stop and breathe. I'm an anxious person. So just trying to like breathe and, and, and trust that I tend to want everything and want it right now. And I want to go from A to Z. Yeah. But sort of just like trusting in the process, trusting that if you don't have the answers, it's okay to not have the answers. They'll come to you when they're supposed to come to you. Stuff like that. It would all be stuff like that to just calm down a bit. Maybe also a bit of what we talked about earlier, which is like, lighten up. Don't take yourself so seriously. Like all of that, I think kind of is under the umbrella of like, just breathe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to have answered that. Yeah. And so this is the final question that I have for you here. What do you think the child version of yourself would think of who you are now? Oh, this has been such a wonderful podcast, by the way. I love how you structure <laughs> this. It's really enjoyable. Um, yeah. I really only have four questions and we, we just... <laughs> At one point I was talking and I legitimately forgot how I got there, which is, yeah. I think, a sign of a good organic conversation. So I was Are like, you I don't kidding me? This is remember. the best. This is the best. Okay, good. This I was fearful best. that I took this it off the deep end. A testament to how great it is, is how we're not even done yet. And I'm already telling you how great it is. <laughs> this totally. is great. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Can you repeat the question one more time? Yes. What do you think oh. the child version of yourself would think of who you are now? I think that that's a really wonderful question that I've never thought of. I think that my younger self would be very surprised mm. by who I am now. I think that she would be surprised by how, ah, this is such a, let me, I'll talk and see if I can like find what the answer All good, is. good, yeah. I think like surprised by who she sees because I'm so different, yet still, there are still some things about me. I think that would comfort her to be like, oh, She's still that, that, and that. But I think that I'm very different. I think that younger me thought that I'd be famous at 25 (laughs) and maybe at 35 settling down into like retirement. Like that's (laughs) what younger me thought. 
So I think that I would be a little bit like, oh, this is kind of how you turned out. Yeah. <laughs> but but I really mean it when I say I think I'd be really pleasantly surprised and also very proud by yeah. my sense of self. I think I know myself now in a way that I never thought I would. That's a beautiful answer. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy so, I found it. It took us a while to get there, <laughs> but we got there. We got there. We did it. So you have so much going on now. At least I at least I would say you have a Comedy Central special coming out. When does that come out? That is, it's n- nicely going to be, it's just on the internet. Yeah. Which not just, but it's on, it'll be on their YouTube. I think they're dropping them and like their social and stuff. I think they start weekly in December. So I'm not sure okay. when I'll fall, but look out for that in December for sure. Yeah, for sure. A lot of great comics are actually in that. Uh, yeah, I was so, so excited. And we shot it in New York and they did an amazing job keeping us all safe. We had to get the COVID tests all week. Everyone in the audience got the COVID tests. It was good. the masks. It was the temperatures. It was unbelievable what they did. They did an amazing job. That's great. Where can people find you online? They can go to the website that I updated since I've been in Corona nice. quarantine, christychello.com. You can follow me online at, on social at christychello. And yeah, I, I'll post, you know, things that I'm doing. So I would, I would love, I would love that. Absolutely. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. She's got the Comedy Central special. If you want to learn how to do stand up, she's teaching classes. All <laughs> can kinds you believe of it? Yeah. Look at me, a professor <laughs> of art. Yeah. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for having me, Mike. It was so wonderful to talk oh, you to kidding you. Me? Yeah, this was a blast. So just for me, real quick, uh, yeah. you can find me on Instagram at Mike Valdez, on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez, and you can go to whoismikevaldez.com to find <laughs> out the answer to that question. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Subscribe, tell all your friends so we can grow this family. Don't lose your sense of childlike wonder. Bye, besties. That was a Geek Bro podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit geekbro.net.